Welcome. This is the Public Relations Review podcast, a program to discuss the many facets of public relations with seasoned professionals, educators, authors, and others. Now, here is your host, Peter Woolfolk. Welcome to the Public Relations Review podcast and to our listeners across America and around the world. Now, Gail Falkenthal is an earlier contributor to the Public Relations Review podcast, and she is the president of the Falcon Valley Group, a San Diego-based public relations consulting company. She spent 15 years as an award-winning broadcast editor and producer with Kogo Radio, KPBS Radio, and KF- KFMB Television before transitioning into her public relations career. Now, since the COVID-19 the use of the virtual press conference has really gained warp speed, and I believe that this was the ideal time to talk about how to effectively produce and use this important tool, and that Gail was an ideal person to talk to about it. So, Gail, welcome to the program again. Thank you for having me back, Peter. I'm delighted to be with you. Well, look, before there's an actual press conference, there's certain things that have to take place in advance. Let's talk about what some of the basic things are that you need to do in advance to have a successful press conference? Well, first of all, I really strongly advise everybody with their clients or employers to determine, do you really need a news conference to begin with? Mm -hmm. Is this the only way to get your information across to the news media and any other audiences that you might have? They're a very easy default choice. News media don't tend to love them. They tolerate them. They understand the need, especially if you do have to get information out in a timely manner to a large audience. You have participants who have limited time because they're either perhaps elected officials, celebrities, somebody of that nature. And it does provide for group Q&A. So it can be a time saver, a a very good one. And a virtual press conference really can save you a lot of resources. Uh, Travel time, setup can be be much simpler. Mm -hmm. But once you've determined that you're going to do one, the virtual press conference is set up and prepared for exactly as you would if people were coming in person. With the one exception, you need to determine the platform and the technology to deliver the press conference as if people were sitting there. Mm -hmm. So you're still determining what information you need to impart, who's participating, what are the order of events, how are you going to take questions, what's the location, how are you going to present multimedia content, That's a real problem in person that is a lot easier with a virtual press conference if you Mm -hmm. want to roll in video or show graphic slides, photographs. And how are you going to interact with people in a virtual news conference? Are you taking questions? These are the things you have to do when people are coming to you. Now you do them when when you're coming to them. Mm Well, as you said, some of the things, because it's virtual, do you advise people to maybe send some background information in advance so that they will have it uh, and can maybe look at it to determine their questions, maybe some charts so they can understand what it is that they're going to be seeing prior to the event taking place? 
You know, I advise people to not overthink it too much just because your format's different. Ask yourself, would I do this if I was inviting people down to City Hall Mm -hmm. or to my business's conference room or to the site of my new construction project breaking ground? Whatever that is, would you send out this material in advance or would you just simply say, here's the advisory, here are the participants, here is what we're going to talk about, time and place, RSVP if you want that. Otherwise, we'll see you there. Okay. Honestly, for a lot of news conferences, you don't need a lot of advanced material other than to give people an idea of what you're going to talk about. All right. I mean, that that certainly makes sense. I, I just happened to think the one time I was going to um, uh, have a client that was going to release a report. This report was whatever it was, 25 or 30 pages. Now, we did embargo that and send it to them so that they'd have a chance to review it. But as you said, as you, the circumstances you described, where well, a lot of times you don't have to have it, I certainly agree with that as well. Well, and a lot of news conferences are held because of the speed factor. Mm-hmm. How much are you going to be able to put together in advance? Probably not a lot. The other danger is that the embargo has virtually disappeared. Uh, with people being able to publish at will anytime, it's pretty darn hard, especially if you're inviting a large group to a news conference, chances are pretty good your news conference is going to be announced along with the topic and what you're going to cover long before they get to you. Mm -hmm. If you don't mind that being done in advance, there's no embargo, great, no problem. Uh, It doesn't mean you shouldn't be providing materials during or after the virtual news conference. Again, if, if you would pass materials out, if you would give people a Dropbox to visual assets, video, photos, graphics, you're going to do the same thing with a virtual press conference as you would when they were with you in person. Okay, that, that's the sort of, I guess, information we're looking to, that uh, how they're going to access it uh, and so forth, but the Dropbox and, and so forth, that, that certainly makes a, a lot of sense. It, it, it's accomplishing the same outcome, so to speak. Right. Well, and one of the reasons that a lot of journalists do not like news conferences is the visual elements can be very lacking, especially the typical news conference with a speaker standing at a lectern Mm -hmm. with uh, a graphic or a poster standing next to them. You know, truthfully, that's just sheer death, especially (laughs) for television (laughs) and for anybody who is an online reporter. And Even radio reporters have an online element these days. So you really need the visual element. In a static news conference, not always the best. Mm -hmm. So what kind of visual assets can you provide? Do you have B-roll video to provide? Do you have interviews that you can provide, still photos you can provide of a project, Mm -hmm. even if it's architectural drawings or graphics, uh, some sort of visual aids are going to be really important. You can have that set up in advance via a link in a Dropbox, whatever format. There are many companies to choose from. Dropbox is sort of the uh, uh, cloud cloud version of using the word Kleenex for tissue, mm-hmm. but there are <laughs> many many of them. What you do need to be sure is that everyone can access it. It isn't unnecessarily complicated that uh, it 
if a, you're protecting it with a password that you tested and it works across all formats because there's nothing more frustrating to a member of the media to go to your Dropbox um, folder and they can't get there. Mm-hmm. And maybe they'll come back and probe and ask you to help them and maybe they'll just say, oh, never mind and move on to the next story. Mm-hmm. Well, that being said, what that says to me is that to double check whatever whatever you're using to provide information to people, make sure that it's easily acceptable, uh, accessible, and they know that in advance because you've tried it and it does work. Absolutely right. And you might send it to a few colleagues, send it to their home computers, mm-hmm. send it to family computers, send it to a few trusted news media and say, hey, could you just try this out and make sure that you can access this for tomorrow's news conference? Okay. And that's a little road test, especially for technology, is always a very smart idea. Well, great. Now let's talk about the nuts and bolts of this thing, getting down to the meat of the bones. Let's say you, you're going to move forward with it. Have you certain platforms that you prefer to use? And if so, why those particular platforms? Well, the idea of a news conference is to get news out and have it be broadly out there. There's no reason to use anything too proprietary. Uh, The most simple way to do it, in my opinion, and I've used both, is to hold it live via YouTube or live via Facebook Watch. Mm -hmm. Everyone can access it. Everyone knows how they work. Everyone usually has a Facebook page for their business organization, or a YouTube channel, and you really should all have a YouTube channel. And this is the kind of place where it comes in handy. Not only can you set it up uh, to start at a certain time, you can advise people, you can use it as an event uh, advisory. Uh, Your YouTube channel will send out a notice to subscribers. Uh, And it also records So for anybody who could not attend live, it's still there for them. There's no reason to keep it private. Uh, You can control comments if you like on a chat. There's uh, ways to turn that off. I I happen to be a big fan of doing doing them via YouTube because the technology and the platform is proven and the recording uh, aspect is a plus. Facebook Watch, it works. And many, many large organizations use it. It's a matter of critical mass because so many people are users of the platform. I'm not sure it's as professional from a branding point of view, but it certainly works and is very seamless. If you're concerned about the availability of the platform, then there are ways to do it by all the typical conferencing uh, type of software that we all know and love. Another format that's not a bad idea, uh, it's a little trickier but can be used, is Skype. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can do a video Skype call, invite multiple parties into the call, uh, and that's a little more private. It's not out there for everyone to find and see. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are also multiple companies, you know, businesses out there who do produce press conferences. 
they can uh, set up a webcast for you. They can set up the typical virtual meeting environment, but with multi-camera setup. These are for somebody with a little bigger budget mm-hmm. um, that wants to do something um, perhaps larger. Perhaps you've got large business organization uh, whose target audience is the business community, shareholders. You've got the budget to do it. Uh, it's not a bad idea if the budget permits to hand the technical aspect over to professionals. Mm-hmm. But for the vast majority of small organizations, small businesses, nonprofits, the truth is with a half-decent half video camera or even an iPhone, you can do it. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that you've touched on something uh, very, very important, that in planning a press conference, folks should understand what it is that they want to get out how, and how they want to get out and who they want to get it out to. And uh, that because there's so many platforms, I, I was just seeing now that Google Meet has uh, set up uh, uh, video conferencing opportunities. Uh, LinkedIn has also started uh, video conferencing opportunities. So it, the, this platform or the platforms have grown seemingly exponentially probably within the last year or so. They have, uh, and we've all seen them. Uh, again, we use the word Zoom as if it was a generic term like mm-hmm. Kleenex for tissue. It's not. <laughs> there are many, many choices. Um, one other thing that a uh, for-profit uh, platform provider can do for you is if you want to keep the virtual press conference on your own platform, in other words, on your website or on some other proprietary channel, that. That is one plus of doing it that way. But but the truth is there are plenty of off-the-shelf methods. They work perfectly well. And for most for for the most part, most news conferences, press conferences feature speakers. They're just simply speakers at a podium to be quoted. Mm-hmm. The visual elements can be a struggle. So if you think about it that way, if you've got the visual assets available separately via a cloud system Dropbox folder of some kind, the platform you deliver it on might not matter as much as you think it does Mm -hmm. unless you want to see people recorded. But let's look what's happening in the current universe, and let's look what's happened to the expert live interview or any interview or your local newscast or your favorite late-night talk show. They're all being done using various conferencing platforms. Somebody you know, looking into a camera as a talking head, and guess what? It's working just fine. Mm-hmm. As long as there's a way for your participant journalists to record it or for you to provide a recording that they can use, you'll, you'll be in great shape. That's all that's mm-hmm. necessary. Now, if that's the case, let me also suggest that a good old-fashioned conference call can frequently stand in just as well, mm-hmm. especially if there's a heavy Q&A comp- component that you'd like to hold and if you'd like to keep it private. Group conference calls are frequently done when the attendees are spread out all over the country um, across time zones and when it's the uh, interview portion that's more important. Mm-hmm. 
the visual assets can be provided on the side or later. M makes a lot of sense. Um, one other thing I'd like for you to comment on, of course, are the people at the podium, because there are sometimes that some folks appear to be unprepared uh, as to how to go about handling the media, how to respond, how not to respond. Could you sort of comment on that aspect of it? Preparing our speakers is such an important part of our job. It can often be the most challenging when you have a speaker who thinks they don't need any preparation. Well, they do. And unfortunately, in a virtual news conference, it's up close and personal. There's also the issue of navigating the technology. Where do I look? How do I, you know, how do I perform to my best? There's an extra layer of nervousness or tension for some speakers. It's a real good idea to do some kind of dress rehearsal. And if you have a reluctant uh, student, <laughs> uh, a, a person reluctant to be coached, don't know I've got this, oh, I'm fine. I know exactly what I'm going to say. Well, you've got the most ideal leverage in the world. Well, I really need you to go through this to help us make sure the technology works. Would that be okay, George? Would that be okay, you know? Rebecca, for you to do this, uh, and then you can have them run through it, and you are going to be able to slide in your tips, or perhaps the person will be smart enough to realize, oh, this yeah, maybe I do need to rehearse this mm -hmm. a little bit more. And the truth is, you really should do at least somewhat of a rehearsal, even with tremendously polished clients um, or uh, senior management. You've got to make sure that they that the new setting doesn't throw them off a little bit from having done it in person. The addition of a camera that they know is there, unblinking eye, uh, can really throw off even the most polished mm -hmm. speaker. Well, I certainly am glad you brought that up because that that is a tremendous uh, issue sometimes because you're right, there are some people who, and I've seen it happen, that no, I don't need this, I've got it. Uh, I'm just ready to run with it, and uh, then then the wheels come off. So it's a little bit too late to recover then, but uh, but unfortunately they've learned, but this, the scenario that they learned it in was, was just not flattering to them. So uh, listeners, if you've got somebody under those circumstances, please, please get them some, some media training so that uh, uh, things will go, go a lot better, uh, and, and the outcome would be much more to your desire than, than the opposite. Gail, it's you, our job to put them in the best light, and sometimes they don't don't make it too easy on us. Mm -hmm. That doesn't matter. Then you've got to find another way around getting to them. You know, a lot of times we're communication professionals, but we've got to slip into our alternative jobs as therapists, coaches, psychologists, <laughs> <laughs> and so on. Well, Gail, you have provided us with some excellent uh, guidance and some tips is there any sort of closing wisdom you'd like to provide to our listeners? There are a lot of these virtual press conferences going on in today's environment due to the pandemic. Pick up your favorite 24-hour uh, cable news network, MSNBC, Fox News, if you will, C-SPAN, government channels. Watch some of them. We have daily news conferences in most states from their governors, in many counties, from your county officials, 
uh, your public health officer, and they're frequently available across channels that we can access so that I can watch the governor of Ohio or the governor of Tennessee. Governor Mario Cuomo of New York uh, is practically practically become daily viewing across the United States and the world, not just for the people of New York. Mm -hmm. Watch what they're doing. Watch and learn what goes well. What visual aids come across well? Does the question and answer session make sense for you and your client? Uh, there's nothing that beats a little bit of study and watch and learn from the successes. Watch and avoid the mistakes and Go through YouTube and do a search. If you do a search for news conference, you're going to see plenty. Many of you are probably extremely familiar with news conferences that take place that seem virtual to us uh, as viewers among our favorite sports teams and personalities. And they do this frequently leading up to games or events. So do a little study. You'll see what you like. You'll see what works for you. Gail, again, thank you so much. Our guest today, Gail Falkenthal from the Falcon Valley, uh, Falcon Valley Group in San Diego has joined us. And uh, again, uh, thank you for joining us, Gail. And uh, let me say to our listeners, thank you for listening. And don't forget to listen to another edition of the Public Relations Review. This podcast is produced by Communication Strategies an award-winning public relations and public affairs firm headquartered in Nashville, Tennessee. Thank you for joining us.